Brother Thomas. He, that brother looks clean. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Happy Sabbath, church. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. He said, before I even got to the church, somebody just sent me a tweet and said, let's go to church. And the Bible said, David got happy, happy, happy because somebody invited him to come to church. Uh, so for our call to worship, uh, remember last week was what? Thank you, somebody. I told you they forgot about fathers, but last week was Father's Day. And I thank Sister Audrey Johnson and, 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 and Sister Viola Robinson. They made sure, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. They made sure our men did not come and left empty-handed. So we thank you so much for your faithfulness in that. And the family life has something special for them even today. So, 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 keep coming to church. You never know what you get back to back. Amen. Uh, but for our call to worship this morning, as you can look to my right, I got a handsome young man. I would like to say he looked a little bit like me, but he looks a lot like his mama. So, so a handsome young man on this side, and then we got another one on this side. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And so they are going to do our call to worship. Last time, Miss Willow and Zaya did it. They played their part. This time, it's Lusaja Jr. and JJ. Next time, it's going to be Mr. Ian. Ian. Did I get it right? Ian. Mr. I I'll get it right, Mom. Where's the mother at? Okay. <laughs> I'll get it right. Uh, Mr. Ian and another young man, we are going to involve our young people in worship. Amen? Amen. So right now, I'm just going to let this handsome young man come next to me. He got a word to read. Amen. Come on. You, you got to support them. Amen. Amen. You, go. you got it, buddy. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come to his presence with singing. Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord. <laughs> amen. 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 Come on, young man. Amen. It says, Know that the Lord is Lord know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Amen. 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 And that is our call to worship. Amen. And our Elder Rio is going to pray us into this worship experience. Let us pray. Kind Father in heaven, Lord. It is always a privilege, yes. Lord, to talk to you. Yes. Lord, you are our Father. Yes. Lord, you care for us. Yes. You love us, Lord. Yes. 
And Lord, you are worthy to be praised this morning, Lord. Because as I always say, Lord, that when everyone here, Lord, when we look back over our life and we see how far you brought us, how long you kept us, Lord, and how good you've already been to us, we can't do nothing but praise you, Lord. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we know why David danced. When you brought him back in from the battlefield, we know why David danced. (laughs) Because David had tasted honey, Lord. And he knew it was sweet. But he said that, Lord, you are sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. Yes, sir. Your grace is sweet. Your mercy is sweet. Your compassion is sweet. Your love is sweet. Yes, yes, sir. Your care for us is sweet. Yes, Lord. Your protection is sweet. And Lord, your eternal grace is sweet. And we have come this morning to fellowship in your name, Lord. And Lord, there will be no holdbacks as we praise you this morning. For as we always say that our praise here at Grand Avenue is not programmed. So we're going to let it in paraphrase way, Lord. This morning, your children are going to let it all hang out for Jesus this morning. So, Lord, I'm just saying and praying that whatever your children feel and praising you this morning, if you want to raise your hand, raise it to the Lord. If you want to run around the church, or run around for Jesus. Let somebody know that you serve a risen Savior, Lord, and that you are alive today, Lord. And then, final, Lord, if we had a thousand tongues, we couldn't praise you enough, Lord. So all we're going to say, the greatest praise, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, to your name. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to bring up our clerk, our church clerk. She has been serving us faithfully. I'm going to tell you her name because she's in bright yellow today. 
I'm going to let her remain anonymous. <laughs> amen, amen. She's going to make some announcements as well as uh, welcome our visitors. Amen. Amen. Okay, and it's coming from Nehemiah chapter 4, the whole chapter. 
So read Nehemiah chapter 4. Opposition is a sign of favor. Amen. So praise the Lord. So we know we have God's, we are God's favored. Yes. So let us read his word and continue to follow in his footsteps and do what he would have us to do. Amen. 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 Go ahead. I'm opening my. <laughs> now, at this time, not uh, for the, no. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I love my pastor. I love my pastor. Amen. I tell you, it's hard to keep up with him today. He got me running. I'm not talking about you, but he got me. I got to get confused, but he got me on the right track. But he got me on the right and, and, and that's what we call being thrown under the bus. Yeah, she, she did that smoothly, right? Didn't she now? She said, I love my pastor, but he got me confused today. That's, no, no, no. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Family, uh, we are going to let the, the choir give us our welcome song. But I just wanted to pause I hope you heard the bishop when he said they will be celebrating two years of ministry at New Deliverance. Listen, uh, church folk are hard to deal with sometimes. (laughs) And so when somebody can make it two years, uh, they deserve a Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, uh, uh, but so when you see the bishop, when you, and as we're going towards the week, just take the moment to appreciate him. In spite of shepherding our whole congregation, he is always here faithfully ministering to us in music. Amen. And so, bishop, we will do whatever we can to, to make some fuss over there. So somebody will know that you are appreciated. Amen. Amen.
myself because Bishop get to praying, he didn't even get to sing. Serve thy God, 
nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And at this the king became very furious and could hardly contain his rage. You know what he said, children? He said, heat the furnace for him. He roared, heat the furnace. Make it seven times hotter than it ever was heated before. Servants ran to do his bidding. Some started to throw more fuel on the fire. Mercy. Others worked the bellows to fan the flames to white heat. Meanwhile, the strongest men in the king's army were called to bind the three young men with ropes. I wonder what they strong like Brother North. <laughs> <laughs> hotter and hotter grew the fire till the king and the royal, whole royal party could feel the heat of it. Now the problem arose as to how to get the young men into it. It was too hot. Nobody could get near it. Even the mighty men who had bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego drew back, wondering what to do next. They said, throw him in. Yelled the king in his wild anger, throw him in. The soldiers obeyed. Picking up the three young men, they moved forward. Threw them into the furnace, then fell to the ground and died from the terrible heat. Nebuchadnezzar did not care. His foolish jealousy was now satisfied. Nobody would dare disobey him again. As for the three young Hebrews and their God, he was glad to be rid of them. Suddenly a cry was raised. Look, there's somebody in the fire. What cried the king? Impossible. But there was. Wide-eyed with amazement, he gazed through the open doors of a burning flame furnace. Yes, there was somebody inside. Two people, in fact. No, no, no. Three. Oh, there's four in there. Others were looking now. Everybody who could get close enough to peer in. Did we not cast three men down into the midst of the fire cried king? True old king said those about him. Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt in the form of the fourth. It's like the son of God. Forgetting his royal dignity, forgetting the tens of thousands of eyes that were on him, Nebuchadnezzar left his throne and Herod as near as he dared to the door of the furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he cried, children, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come higher. They came. They were not burned in any way, nor were their clothes even scorched. All that the fire had consumed were the ropes that had bound them. Everybody crowded round to see the astounding sight. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. None was their hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed upon them. How much the vast crowd saw all of this, children. This we do not know. But we can be sure that the amazing story was told and retold 10,000 times that day. As for Nebuchadnezzar, he was quite overcome by the experience. 
He never said another word about his great gold, his idol. Instead, he declared to all about him. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, the king said, I make a decree, children, that every people, nation, and language which speak anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this soul. It was indeed a wonderful deliverance church, and God used it to cheer the hearts of his people in the days of their captivity. It must have been a comfort to them to know that it was willing, that he was willing to walk in the fire with those three dear faithful lads. Perhaps he will do the same for you, children. One day. And you know what? Children, I want you to remember this, okay? We, we all want to be thankful that Jesus came and walked with us, right? Amen. So that one day when he comes back, we're going to walk with him. Amen. 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 So let's be thankful. Amen. And no matter what comes ahead, Jesus will always, always. be there for you. Amen. 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 Can I have a couple of volunteers to come and pray for us? Okay, we got Sister Willow, we got Sister Zion, uh, Brother Mari, and... Uh, Brooklyn. All right, well, we're going to let Brooklyn go first since she's uh, the little one. Right. That's
somebody to pray you through a situation, you better get one of these children to do it. Some of us don't even know if our prayers get through. (laughs) I wish I can stay right there. But these children are innocent and they know how to talk to God. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'll never forget the day when Sister uh, Mama Harris from the Lighthouse Worship Center. She was sick. She was sick, and but she came to teach the children on a Friday evening on Zoom. And Miss Willow prayed for her. I mean, did you anybody remember that? It, it was about thirty second prayer, but it was powerful. Thirty second prayer, and when I went to the church the next day. There was Mam Harris walking in, and she came and she said, When that girl prayed, I felt something in my body. All right. All right. Don't look down on these children. You better go to them and ask them to talk to Jesus. You remember what Jesus said, right? The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elder, for that lesson. Thank you for that lesson. A quick announcement. Next Sabbath, we will have the Johnson family annual birthday memorial concert. Amen. Amen. Last time we had the Robinson family concert. And between the main worship, you are not here, my sister, but between the main worship and the evening, I don't know what they ate at lunch, but they came back and acted a fool. Didn't they not? <laughs> what I mean is they came back and worshipped. And so I'm just wondering what's going to happen with the Johnson family. What are they going to have for lunch when they come back in the afternoon? I wouldn't want to know what Sister Will is going to be like. She's crazy right now without... I have to say that. I have to say that. I have to say that. No, she's alright. She knows I love her so much. Uh, but family, next, next weekend, the Johnson family annual birthday memorial, honoring their mother, Miss Mary Johnson. What time? Five. Five o'clock p.m. They will minister music uh, during the main service. Uh, I believe they'll extend the invitation to the rest of us. Uh, but in the evening at 5 p.m. on time. They will begin the evening concert. Amen. It is time for our tithe and offering. Tithe and offering. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. We got these two young. Look at them. They're serving one more time. Look at God. Amen. And so they're going to come around and, and we're just asking for you to return to God whatever God has placed in your heart and in your hands. Amen. You start with us over here. Amen.
Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, But my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for these resources that you have given us. You entrusted them to us. And now, God, we put them in your hands. Because somebody who was wise enough and spiritual enough said, little is much when you place it in the master's hand. And so, God, we thank you for your faithfulness towards us. Continue to grow us, oh God, to be faithful stewards of yours. We thank you. And, oh God, we thank you for these two young men who have been serving today. Bless them, oh God, as they keep on growing in their relationship that they will have favor both with man and with God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated, family. may be seated. As I bring up our family life leader, uh, I want to thank Sister Viola Robinson once again and Sister Audrey Johnson for what they did last week. Uh, uh, listen, ministry starts from the heart. Yes. And, and they were just moved to do something so that our men will feel honored. And then here this afternoon... I'm just going to bring Sister Varlene Johnson, our family life leader, and she's going to take a moment to honor our men and our fathers. Amen. Amen. Uh, just put your hand together for our family ministry leader, please. Look at that. Amen. 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 I feel like I'm on the Oprah show here. Look under your seat. All right. All right. Here, here comes Sister Varlene Johnson. And our family life uh, ministry. Good afternoon and happy Saturday. Good afternoon and happy Saturday. Today we'd like to recognize uh, our fathers. Um, since the pastor wasn't here last week, we wanted to recognize, uh, he wanted to be here when we recognize our fathers. He doesn't want to miss out. And that's good. Um, you know, uh, the ladies um, were recognized and had a beautiful um, uh, just a time where we recognize them. We know that um, you know a virtuous woman sometimes is hard to find. Mm. Her price is far above rubies. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. one thing about a man who serves the Lord that means right. a lot. Yeah. So for the men that say, "As for me and my house, we're gonna, I'm gonna serve the Lord," yeah. then that is a that is a man who's who's good as gold. Yeah. Right. So ladies are far above rubies, but the men are good as gold when it comes yeah. to serving the Lord. Yeah. So I wanted to read just a little bit, a little poem, and then we're gonna ask 
a sister, uh, Barbara Robinson Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> come up and help. And then we'll also ask Sister uh, Ashley Wheeler Robinson. So we always like to uh, family life where I can involve everybody. So you know we're all one big family and we tease about it. But you know, we laugh together, we cry together, we, we celebrate together. And so today uh, we want to continue that. So um, I just like to read this poem. And it says that God took the strength of a mountain, the majesty of a tree, the warmth of a summer sun, the calm of a quiet sea, the patience of eternity, the depth of a family need. Then God combined all these qualities when there was nothing more to add. He knew his masterpiece was complete. And so he called it Dad. So at this time, we're going to ask the ladies to uh, come and assist as we just honor our uh, fathers by giving them just a small token of our appreciation for all that they do in leading their families to Jesus. going to try to redeem myself now since my clock threw me under the bus. <laughs> Sister Sister Quinda Jackson, now this is the moment that we have been waiting. If you can come up and uh, we'll do something special. Uh, a few weeks ago when we made an appeal, we had two individuals who decided to join our church. They decided to make the grand 
Avenue Seventh Day Adventist their home. Amen. And those two individuals, uh, I, I call them the lovebirds. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Sister, Sister Gina and Brother Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you, I, I'm gonna say it. I, I tried not to do it, but I gotta say it. We were at Sister Horton's house and Elder Horton's house, and we were having dinner, uh, lunch, uh, the last time I was here. And when I look at Sister Gina looking at her husband, uh, uh, she she took me back to the chocolate factory. She, she was looking at her husband like he was a strawberry chocolate covered strawberry. I said, Lord, have mercy. And then when I look at Brother Robert, and I look at Brother Robert, he reminded me of that scripture, Bishop, when Jacob worked seven years and he was tricked. And then the Bible said he worked seven more years and they seem like a few days. You got to be in love to work 14 years and they seem like a few days. And so... Uh, these two members decided to make Grand Avenue their home. Yes. Amen. Amen. Don't know when to share. Yes. And so we just wanted to extend the hand of fellowship today. Uh, I'm just going to ask them. They set their cameras this way. So I'm going to let that stay right there. You can come this way. Bishop, I apologize, man. If you can come up this way. Sister Quinda, if you can come this way. Yeah, so that the camera can stay, right? Where, where is that facing? Is that facing right here? Yeah. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I'm going to pass it to our clerk. Good afternoon once again. We are proud, very proud to have this young couple. Um, Brother Robert Thomas <laughs> and Sister Janice Thomas as they join our church here at Grand Avenue. Amen. We want you to know that we love you, we worship you, and we adore you. Amen. And we want you to continue to come Amen. and let nothing stand in your way because Amen. God got you. Amen. Amen. And when God got you, okay, there's no devil in your Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we love you and uh, we welcome you once again to our church. And this is by profession of faith. This certificate reflects a public commitment by a previously baptized Christian to become a member of the Seventh day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brother Robert Thomas and Sister Gina Thomas mm-hmm. are in harmony with the progressive work of God's Spirit. Was accepted, was accepted by profession of faith and received into the Grand Avenue Seventh Day Adventist Church of the Central States Conference Amen. on the day of the 24th day of June 2023. Amen. Once again, we worship. Once again, put us under. Let no man, no man. Amen. 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 Amen.
Uh, so, because we need to keep moving in our service, we're going to offer a word of prayer. And then at the end of the service, as we exit the sanctuary, yeah. they will be there at the door and you can shake their hands and love them into the church. Amen. 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 You did not bring them in, you cannot run them out. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the Tarsus. They walked in serving. They have participated to make sure that this gospel of the kingdom is being taken all over the world through their ministry, their media ministry. But more than that, God, they are committed couple towards each other and towards you. And now, oh God, as the minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I am praying, Father, that your Holy Spirit will be upon them, guide them, protect them, provide for them. And oh God, we pray that when you come to take your children home, that their names will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And you will say of Brother Robert Thomas and Sister Gina Thomas, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. This is our humble prayer. And Father, I'm praying that may the Grand Avenue Church love these members, protect them, encourage them, do life together with them so that somebody will see that this is the church that is full of love. We thank you and we praise you, O God, in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Almost forgot, almost forgot. Amen. Amen. Listen, uh, we're going to keep moving. One more portion and we're going to get to the sermonic moment. But I'm going to be nosy, okay? Don't look at me like that. I know you're nosy too. <laughs> I, I know my people. So I'm going to be nosy. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Robert, can you pull one of the items in that, in, in that, in that bag really quick? Just one, just one. The other one you can keep it as a secret because it looks it looks just like the other one. <laughs> just one. I, I want to showcase something. Bring it to me if you can, my brother, really quick. Uh-huh. What is what is our theme here at Grand Avenue? Dedicated discipleship. And so they are the first members to get the Grand Avenue dedicated discipleship mug. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, we, and this is how we roll at Grand Avenue. Amen. <laughs> hey, listen, that's a quality product because 
they are quality people. Amen. Amen. You go ahead. All right, my brother. Amen. I'm sure he will put some water from Cana of Galilee. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. That's just. <laughs> they didn't get that. They will get it on their way to lunch. Amen. 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 Now I'm going to bring the bishop. The bishop, uh, Elder Horton, is going to give us our intercessory prayer. And then after our intercessory prayer, we are going to have the music and then the spoken word. Amen. Amen. Look, look at the bishop. Like, come on, sir. Look at him. <laughs> Amen. Lord, I praise you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we all love you. And the love that you sent out for us is deeper than a thousand boys. Bless each one under the sound of my voice. And bless each one in this vicinity. Well, you're a good God. You're an ever-loving God. You're a God that don't forget nobody. I'll leave anything undone. Your eye catches it all. And you, if you ain't ever had a blessing, you ain't ever been a Christian. If you ever been a Christian, you don't serve the God that done been through up and down. He's everywhere. And Lord, you got a Holy Spirit that be everywhere at the same time. I love you. We love you. They love you. And that is nothing that you let fall upon us. And if anything tried to fall upon you, you got a hand so heavy that nothing can ever lift it off of them. Whatever you do, don't make this loving God angry. For he have all this love. Do you believe he can get angry too? Don't get his wash started. Lord, we love you. You love us. You always sending us through. I love you. We thank you for blessing each one under the sound of my voice that make yeah. me under the weather. I'm having a sickness in their bodies. If they want wisdom, let them go to you. That gives it. If they want grace, they want to know how to be strong, let them come to you. Lord, you is loaded with grace. You is loaded with understanding. You know where to put it and how to put it. Bless our pastor today. Bless him as he speaks. Let your Holy Spirit go up and down his back, all over his head. Put your loving Holy Spirit on his head that it may run around his feet. I know he got it already. But give him a little more of it. We can't get enough of the Holy Spirit. Bless us, Father. Bless his wife. Bless his family. For they is in our prayers. Day and night. Lord, we just want to thank you. And I like to hear from this church a big amen. As the choir is getting together, we help welcome our special guest, Sister Maxine from Dallas on the Poplar Bluff. Uh, and then Sister, Sister Don Rogers 
What a blessing to have you in the sanctuary. Amen. 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 And, and, and I tell you, uh, but let, let me tell you something. Your mama will always have your back. And so as Sister Quenda was stepping out, she said, my daughter got her friend in the house. Wow. And, and so Sister Janae has her friend, Janae? Janelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it rhymes together. <laughs> it rhymes together. Uh, but Sister Janae was just happy when she saw her friend walked in here. As a matter of fact, she got overwhelmed with emotions. Uh, so we just want to welcome you to our church. Thank you for choosing to come. Why did... What? You see how... You, wait, wait, where's Sister Quinda Jackson at? Okay, you're talking about throwing me, throwing me under the bus. I know, right? She, she talk like this is somebody new. No, no, but Sister Quinda was so excited to see you sitting next to her daughter. And we just want to welcome you one more time. Amen. Amen. I'm going to let the music ministry uh, usher in the spirit of worship. And as they sing, church family, as they sing, allow the Holy Spirit to minister in your heart so that you can receive what God has prepared. Amen? Amen.
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise him, praise him, praise him, Bishop. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Praise him, praise him, church. Yes, 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 praise him.
not just singing stuff that we read somewhere. We are singing our experience. We are talking about a God that we know that we know. That He is wonderful. Amen. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Somebody say from the rising of the sun. To the going down of the same. His name is worthy to be praised. And just so you know, when you come to Grand Avenue, this is where the word is alive and our praise is not programmed. Yes, Lord. My Lord, my Lord. Yes, God. I know I'm in the right place. My God. I feel the Holy Ghost sitting on me right now. If you can just stand in reverence to the Word of God. Listen, if you didn't feel anything, it's because you don't have anything. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. In the book of John chapter 9. John chapter 9. If you have your paper Bible, you can open it up. If you have your electronic Bible, electronic devices, all you got to do is push a button. (laughs) Just push a button. You don't even have to know where the books are arranged, you know. We used to memorize those names before, you know, Genesis. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Nowadays, you just punch a, just punch a button. You don't even know when the book are arranged, you know. But, but look at God. Somebody say, look at God. <laughs> the saints know how to praise God in every situation. John chapter 9, that comes right after John chapter 8. John chapter 9. We are going to read, begin with verse 1. My dear sister, just walk in. I feel my help coming now. Yeah, 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 yeah. John chapter 9, begin with verse 1. I told you the saints are nosy. I said, my dear sister, they all turn around to look. I didn't ask you to look. I just said my sister walked in. John chapter 9, begin with verse 1. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are not there... You know where I'm going with this. As Lusadio Jr. would say, wait for me. Okay, you're all there. Amen. John chapter 9. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. You can follow from any translation you have. And I want to welcome those who are following us and are watching us online. We welcome you to our Sabbath worship. John chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. This is what the Bible says. As he, meaning Jesus, passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Verse 2, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. Verse 3, Jesus answered. The following words should be in red letters. If it's not in red, you need to, you need to, you need to go and ask for a refund for your Bible. Uh, the following words should be in red. Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned 
or his parents, but that the works of God must, might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming. Help me talk, my brother, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Church folk don't know when to get happy. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but it it looks like him. He's like him. He kept saying, I am the man. Verse 10, so they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? Verse 11, he said, in the words of Pastor Kasupa, I'm so glad you asked. He answered, the man called Jesus. That's enough. Speak, Lord, in the stillness. While every voice hushed to listen with expectancy. Speak, O blessed Master. Let us hear your voice and let us feel your touch. Of power in Jesus name Amen. Amen you may be seated the man called Jesus that's the title of our sermon this afternoon the man called Jesus. Robert Louis Stevenson is, is a famous writer. Robert, Robert Louis Stevenson. Robert Louis Stevenson grew up in Scotland. And, and when he grew up in Scotland as a little boy, it was before the days of electricity. And as he was growing up in Scotland, There were men who used to come down the street with a ladder and a torch. And they would get up the ladder and they would light the the torch, uh, the the, the flames down the street in order to bring about light in the darkness. And, and, And as a young boy, Robert Louis Stevenson ran home one day to his father and his mother and he he said, Dad, Mom, there's a man outside punching holes in the darkness. (laughs) Don't you just like that? I love the innocence of children. They see things in their own ways. And so he, he, he ran to his mother and his father because those people who would come down the street night after night, they used to call them lamplighters. 
If I had to give myself a nickname, I would call myself a lamplighter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but they will call them lamplighters because they will come down and they will, they will light up the, 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 the flames and, and the darkness will disappear because the lamp will be lit. And so Stevenson came running and he said, there's a man punching holes in the darkness. And that's what Jesus was. He came to punch holes in the darkness because he already said in John chapter 1 verse 5, I am the life of the world and I am the light of the world. Uh, he said, I am the light of the world. And so he came to bring light into the world. This story represents a situation that lift up Jesus for who he was. Jesus was just passing by. That's, that's what he says in the word. He was just passing by. But if you know anything about Jesus, he is always in motion and he's always about his father's business. And the Bible says, as he passed by, he, meaning Jesus, saw a man that was blind. Oh, my God. The blind man didn't see him. Jesus saw him. Did you catch that? Just like you and I, he saw us before we saw him. Don't let anyone dupe you into saying, when when I found Jesus. No, you never found him. He found you. He found you. And so Jesus was just passing by. And and, and he had these people called disciples. (laughs) These were church folk. And so the disciples... Had, I'm assuming they had seen the man because the record said he had been there begging. And the reason is, the Holy Spirit said, that's your first point right there. I want you to see the situation of the man. If you're writing down, if you're texting it to somebody, you can tell them the pastor's first point was the situation of the man. The man was born blind. Let somebody say born blind. That means he had never seen light before. He was born blind. And in those days, when you are blind, that means you can't work. And they did not have this social safety net. Medicare, Medicaid. They didn't even have Obamacare. And so in those days, all they they were left to do was sit up on the side of the street and say, can you hook up a brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you hook a brother yeah. up? I, I will work for some food. No, you yeah. he, they were begging. And he was not only blind, but he was a beggar. Yeah. And so the disciples, looking at Jesus, Deacon Norris, they said, what? Who sinned? No, no, no. That just make you want to slap somebody. <laughs> I mean, how do you draw a conclusion on my situation. Right. I'm going to say that one more time. How are you so quick to judge me based on my situation? 
They see a man sitting there, he's blind, and the first thing they say, somebody done sin. Somebody did something. Have you ever, okay, you don't have to say amen, you can wink amen. Have you ever been in a situation where the, the people judge you based on what they think they know about you? You are struggling financially. Maybe, just maybe, they pass by your house and they saw a little pink note at the door and they know that's the electric company right there. And they say, there's no way. I knew he was a hypocrite. I knew she was a hypocrite. Oh, by the way, I don't know how mm, that thing about tithe and offering. She must be a hypocrite because if she was faithful, she wouldn't be struggling like that. But I wish I can tell somebody, you don't know my story. Don't judge me based on what you see on the outside. I mean, you were saying amen a few minutes ago. I need some. Don't judge me based on what you see on the outside. They saw the man blind. They said, somebody sinned. Either he sinned or his mom and daddy sinned. But somebody sinned. And Jesus said, you better, you, you, you better get rid of that foolishness. Well, that's my translation. <laughs> Jesus said, wait a minute. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Yes. I was leading a power line this week. And it was out Friday morning. And when I got on the power line, you better ask Sister Robinson or Sister Rose, she will tell you, and they will yeah. give you the number to the power line if you want to. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And as I came in, you say you're going to give it for free? Amen. Uh, as I came in on the power line, Sister Rose came on the power line. And she said, good morning, this is Sister Rose. And I greeted my sister, and we had some, and the Holy Spirit said, ah, Sister Rose, how long have you been dealing with the illness that you had been dealing with? And Sister Rose said, Pastor, I've been dealing with this cancer thing for 12 years. But then she didn't stop there. She said, but I got some good news. I praise God because in spite of me dealing with this for this long, I have not suffered much pain out of this. In case you don't know who Sister Rose is, she was singing in the choir. And she's sitting on my left to your right. Sister Rose said, even though I've gone through this, God has spared me pain. Sometimes God, I know, I know this is not what will make you shout and run and, and, and speak in tongues. But sometimes God in his providences will allow you and I to go through some stuff. That are not necessarily for our good, but to give God the glory. Did you hear what I said? Jesus said, it was not this man that sinned, nor his parents who sinned, but that the works of God might be displayed. When people are ready to throw you away, God will pick you up and put you on display. And so Jesus said, it had nothing to do with sin. 
Reminded, reminded you and I about the story of Job. You remember the story of Job? The man was suffering and he had two. How many, how many friends he had? How many friends? Three fake friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have real enemies and fake friends. Then people were some fake friends. Because they came to him. He was already. Now listen to me. Listen, church folk. I'm looking at the time. I'm going to finish on time. Listen. The man had already lost 10 children. Ten children. Imagine a funeral like that. You go to a funeral and you see 10 caskets. And then you go to the cemetery, 10 holes on the ground. He, he lost everything. He's 401k, he's 403. You know that retirement account and them investments that you got on Wall Street. He lost everything he had. And the only one who was left was who? And she almost lost her mind too. Now, 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 now. Give a sister a break, okay? Because you have not lost 10 children. And so I don't blame Mrs. Job for saying what she said. Because you have been in a place where you have questioned God in your life. And so Mrs. Job came to her husband and said, listen, man, I don't know about this Seventh-day Adventist stuff here. I don't know about this Christianity stuff. Why don't you just cast God and die? Now, now, let me talk to the man right now. I got my head deacon. He, he listens very carefully. I've spent time with him. I know he's a good listener. So, so, so uh, let me talk to some men right now. Uh, take a page from Mr. Job because Job was a wise man. When he talked to his wife, he didn't say you are a foolish woman. He said you speak like a foolish woman. I'm just going to leave it right there. <laughs> she may talk noise. <laughs> She may talk some foolishness. Don't you go to her and say, you are a fool. You, listen. You say, well, that maybe, just maybe, you say, you know, baby, I don't know what you just said. Because to me, it doesn't make, I don't know about what you just said. That's what Job was saying right there. But he had some friends who said, you, there's no way you are going through what you are going through unless you have sinned. And Job decided, started defending himself. He said, man, I've been good. I've been good to the poor. I've tried everything I can. The point is, just because somebody is suffering, just because somebody caught lung cancer, everybody who has lung cancer was not a smoker. Everybody who has a throat cancer wasn't chewing tobacco. There are people who are smoking like there's no tomorrow. And they're 90, 100 years old. And there are people who will run circles around you and I. I mean, they wake up in the morning, they see vegetarian. They go to sleep at night, all they see is vegetarian. They run around and they, they get eight hours of sleep. Their children are vegetarian. Their pets are vegetarian. Their cars are vegetarian. Their houses are vegetarian. They work in the vegetarian place. I mean, they got everything vegetarian. And yet, they get sick too. Something's got nothing to do with what you think it does. And so Jesus said, let me tell you something. 
Just because somebody is going through a divorce, it doesn't mean they were not a good wife. Or a good husband. Something, sometimes life will try to knock the life out of you. And it has nothing to do with your walk with God. So Jesus said, let me free your mind. It has nothing to do with their father, their mother, nor this person. But God is going to be glorified. God is going to be glorified. When I was talking to Sister Rose, I'm telling you, Sister Gill had a testimony. But you cannot have a testimony without going through a test. You can shout over what you don't know. And so Jesus said that God has to be glorified. Now, that, that's the situation of the man. Now, I want you to see a sovereign master. Jesus gets down and dirty. Yeah, it sounds like a rap song, doesn't it? Now? <laughs> Trying to catch him riding dirty. That's another song. That's another song. That's another song. But, but Jesus gets down. Come on, come on, Sister Jeanette. You know I'm right. Uh, Jesus gets down and dirty. And so Jesus did something. Brother Green, you are laughing too hard now. You are laughing too hard. I say, <laughs> you must know the song, my brother. Uh, uh, Jesus did something that no rabbi had ever done before. You know why? I'm so glad you asked. Because he's Jesus. He's the origin. And so he got down, Mr. Iron. When he got down, he spit on the ground. Yeah. Now, no, the disciple must have been looking around. What's yeah. going on here? He spit on the ground and met some, some mud pie. And then he put it on the man's eye. Everybody's watching. Because they say they've never seen anything like this. But can I give you a word? Isaiah 55 verse 8. The Bible says his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts. Help me, talk. I'm not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth are his ways than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. Uh, let, me, let, let, let me call a witness here. You remember Mary in John chapter 2. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was at a, at a wedding party. I feel sorry for some Christians who don't know how to have a good time. Did you hear me, Bishop? Bishop Harden, I feel sorry for people like that. Because I, as a Christian, know how to have a good time. Uh, don't, don't catch me riding in the car all by myself. I'll be listening to some African beats. Yes, I will. Oh, yeah. And if you catch me in my house, I'll bust in a move just like that. Oh, yeah. You, you better ask my family. They will tell you. I feel sorry for Christians who are always uptight. You know, the only thing they know is I'm, high, I'm, 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 I'm blessed and highly favored. And they, know they walk around like they're not even blessed and highly favored. Oh, uptight, you know. But Mary was at a wedding party. She was having a good time. And that's the mother of Jesus. And guess who showed up? Jesus. <laughs> he showed up, but he didn't show up by himself. He showed up with some disciples. You know how we do it. Yeah, we don't go anywhere by ourselves. You get one invitation, you bring four people. I know my people. 
And that's why I know Jesus had to be a brother. I mean, he got the invitation. He brought 12 with him. Anyway, anyway. So, so they showed up at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. And when they showed up just in time for Mary to come to Jesus and say, Son, they ran out of wine. Where am I going with that? I just said his ways are not our ways. In other words, the way God is going to solve your problem doesn't have to be the way you want him to solve your problem. And it doesn't even have to be the way you expect him to solve your problem. Let me give you another shout. It doesn't even have to be the way he solved it in the past. Ooh-wee. In other words, uh, uh, if your brother helped you the last time, it doesn't have to be your brother to help you this time. Because God can bring somebody else in your life to bless you. And so Mary came to Jesus and she said, "Uh, Son, they just ran out of wine. I love it because Mary knew who Jesus was. Did I tell you that 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 was his mother? Okay, so she raised the boy. And she knew who he was. Now he's a grown man, but she raised him. And I can just imagine when he was coming up, maybe one of the brothers, you know, Jesus had brothers and sisters, right? Maybe one of the brothers woke up one day and said, Mom, I ain't going to school today. Why? I got a call. Jesus said, be well. And the brother just hated him like, oh man, I thought I, thought I was going to miss school today, but Jesus did it again. You know, she saw the kind of power Jesus had, you know. And so she said, son, they just ran out of what? Let me tell you something. That's how you need to go to God. Go to God, Sister Dawn. Don't tell him how to solve your problem. Just present the problem to him. Because he got so much power. And he has so many ways to deal and solve your problems. And so Jesus spit in the mud. Spit on the ground. Made some some mud pie cake, right? Uh, And then he put it on the man's eyes. And then he did something crazy. According to you and I. He tells the blind man to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, I have the privilege, Sister Maxine, I have the privilege of pastoring an intelligent church. So before I came, I did my homework on that. Uh, The pool of Siloam, from where Jesus was, was about 500 yards away. An American football field is how many yards? Come on, you watch football all the time. I know Kansas City fans, I know you. A uh, uh, hundred yards, right? So that's five football fields away. And yet, this sovereign master tells a blind man who can't see, doesn't have a walking dog, to go and wash at a pool that's 500, ma- 500 yards away. It doesn't make any sense, does it? When God tells you to return a faithful tithe, it may not make sense to you. He said, this is how God says. He says, I'm going to give you a check 
I'm going to give you $600. And I'm just asking for you to return $60 back. That's the tithe portion. That's the 10%. But you don't have to stop there now. You can give an offering. Because an offering is the reflection of how grateful you are to God. And then God said, put me to the test. How I can bless the 90% that you have left than if you would have kept the 100% by yourself. Now, I know I got some witnesses in the church right now who knows when you do things God's way, you can expect God results. And so Jesus asked this blind man to do something that didn't make any sense. Walk 500 yards out. Oh, let me say something. I told you I did my homework, right? It was during the, the Feast of the Tabernacles. That means there were hundreds of people in Jerusalem. Oh, by the way, it was on the Sabbath day. More people in the city. And so between him living there and getting to the pool, he had to bump a whole bunch of people. He could have made an excuse. I don't have a seeing dog. I don't have a walking stick. The pool of Salome is too far from me. I don't have anyone to take me there. But Jesus said, go and wash. And the Bible said, so he went. You missed it. This is a man who was born blind. The Bible said, so he went. I'm going to work this thing out. I got about 10 more minutes and I'm done. I say, this is the man who was born blind. But he went. Help me talk, Bishop. But he went. He didn't make excuses. Oh, Lord, I got so many people here. It's a Saturday. The weather's not good. I was listening. I can't see, but I can hear. I heard the weatherman say it's going to rain. I know he said it's going to start at noon. It's only 10 o'clock, but two hours away. He didn't make any of the excuses. The Bible said, so he went. He bumped along the way. He bumped so many peoples along the way. But he went. Not only that, think about what the people thought about him. As he made his way. Think about what they thought of him. Not only he is blind, but he got some stuff in his eyes. Now you know people talk about you. They say, look at that boy. Ain't that Johnny right there? Yeah. I know he's begging. I know he can't see, but look at it. And you know kids, you know kids can be mean sometimes. Who knows what the kids might have said when... I'm not talking about the Grand Avenue kids now. (laughs) You know your kids too. (laughs) And your grandkids. (laughs) But, but, But think about what even the adults might have said about him as he made his way. But here's the point and here's the shout. If God tells you to do something, do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it sounds like a Nike commercial right there, but just do it. Just do it. And so the Bible said he went and he washed and came back seeing. 
Church folk don't know where to get happy. I've been working this in for about 25 minutes, and I get to this point, somebody's looking at me like a cow that was looking at a new fence. I grew up in the farm. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to insult anybody. But if you put a new fence, the cows are going to stand there and look at the fence like, hey, I worked this thing for 28 minutes. And I get to the point where I say, so he went and washed and came back seeing, and the church folk are just looking at me. So I'm going to give it to you again. He went. He washed. And he came back. See? He came back dancing. He came back lifting his hands in the sanctuary. He must have caught Sister Penny's syndrome. Because Sister Penny will walk in here praising God. Oh yeah, you better believe that. And so the Bible said he went, he was, and came back singing. Because there is something about obedience. Obedience. You got to do what God tells you to do. If you want to see things happen in your life and God has told you what to do, do it. If he tells you pray for your children, pray for your children. If he tells you keep praying for your family, pray. some of you know that we serve a God who is a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. And so he did. He went. 500 yards bumping onto people, going up and down. And by the way, the pool of Salome, uh, Isaiah called it Salome, meaning sent one. Sent one. In other words, ooh, I'm going to give you some good stuff right here. If you were at the Potter's house in Texas, somebody would have been throwing a pocketbook at me right now. (laughs) Preach, boy, but I'm I'm at Grand Avenue. That's all I can do. Listen, listen, listen. This is good right here. This makes me want to misbehave right about now. Jesus said, go to the pool of Salome, which meant sent. Go to where the sent one sent you. My Lord. Uh If you read Isaiah... He's talking about Salom as a sent one. And so Jesus was very specific because that's how God is. That go to a place where God has sent you. Don't go to a place where I haven't sent you. You remember Moses, we were, we were in Exodus 32, where Moses talked to God and he said, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us there. I don't want to go and don't send us there. And so Jesus said, go and wash. And he went, he washed, and he came back seeing. My God. There are some groups of people that are so pitiful now. I told you about the situation of the man. And then I told you about the sovereign master. There were some a group of people that are so pitiful. One, there were some neighbors. They saw him. And they said, he looked like him, but he can't be him. I'm going to work that thing right there in about 15 seconds. 
he, he looks like him, but he can't be him. I'm going somewhere. Come with me. Come with me. He, he, he looks like him, but there's no way that's him. Because he can see now. The last time, and this is the first time, my sister, where we were introduced to the fact that he was a beggar. The disciples say he was blind. Jesus talked about his blindness. But now the neighbors say, isn't this Johnny that used to sit at the corner over there begging? But they say he can't be him. Because there's something different about him. I think one of the Johnsons caught that because she said, I know that's right. I know that's right. They, they looked at him and they said, it can't be him. Because he doesn't look like what he used to be. Oh my God. Isn't that somebody's testimony today? That you don't even look like what you've been through. You don't even look like what you're going through right now. And the bishop taught the children that when they were thrown in the fiery furnace and they came out, they didn't smell like it. They didn't even look like it. Because God knows how to preserve his own. And so the neighbor said, this can't be him. And others say, this is somebody who looks like him. And then they say, wait a minute. Uh, what about the, the, the Pharisees came? And the Pharisees saw him and they get mad at him. Oh my God. <laughs> they say, hey, you know, you, you, you shouldn't do this on the Sabbath day. Yeah. You know, when we get all sanctimonious, straighten up your clothes and everything. And you know, uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor. I know the entire commandment. I mean, they quoted the commandment. They said, no, you shouldn't do this on the Sabbath. And they ask him, uh, uh, they ask him, who did this to you? Yeah, yeah. The man said, mm, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's Jesus. The man called Jesus, made mud, anointed mine eyes, told me what to do. I did it, and I received my sight. They said, where is he? And he the man said, I don't know. So they brought to the Pharisee the man, and then they called his mama and his daddy. Sure <laughs> they asked them, you know, is this your boy? They said, yes, he is. They said, what happened to him? They said, wait a minute, he's grown. Ask him. But no, no, don't give them a pass because the Bible says they did that because they were afraid to be thrown out of the church. Oh, my God, let me talk to somebody right there. Uh, when we were welcoming the Thomases, I said, you didn't bring them to the church. You can throw them out of the church. The parents were afraid to be kicked out of the church. As if the church belonged to somebody. Oh, you don't believe that here? The church belongs to God. This is my father's house. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Can nobody kick me out of here? I'm never going to be afraid to come to my father's house. 
And so they, they, but they were scared. They were afraid. And that's why they didn't stand up and say, we know our son has been healed by Jesus. They, they punted it. You know how they do it in football. They kick the can down the road. They punted and said, ask him. And then the Pharisees made a king-sized mistake. They asked the man. <laughs> they asked the man. He said, I, they said, you know, there's no way. That man must be a sinner. And this is what he said. He said, that could be true. It's very likely that he is a sinner. But last time I checked, I don't think God hears sinners' prayers like that. And then he turned around and he said, do you also want to be his disciples? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking trash now. You you know when God does something to you, you can have that sanctified swag. And that's what he had. He said, oh, by the way, let let me give you an offering. Do you also want to be his disciples? And you know, they were so mad, they kicked him out on the Sabbath day. Be careful. Because some people, not in my church now, not in this place, but some people will come to you as sheep, but they are wolves in sheep clothes. You say, say that again. I will do it again. <laughs> Some people are wolves in sheep's clothing. How do you get mad when God does something good to somebody else? Especially on his seventh day. They were so caught up in the method of the miracle that they missed the miracle. And that's my final point. Because what Jesus did here was a supernatural double miracle. Ask me how. Ask me how. Just ask me how. How? Okay, okay. I'm glad you asked. Uh, Because what Jesus did was not restorative. It was creative. Jesus did not give this man what he had lost. Jesus gave him what he never had in the first place. Ooh-wee. I'm having a happy hour all by myself. And that's why this sermon is called The Man Named Jesus. Or The Man Called Jesus. Because if you know him, he will do some stuff that has never been done before. I said he will do some stuff that has never been done before. There is a neurologist, I told you I did my homework, Dr. Oliver Sachs, a British neurologist who said, in order for a blind person to see, they must die blind and then be born to be able to see. Did you catch that? The scientist said there's no way that a person who is blind, who didn't have the capacity to see, will be able to see just like that. The person has to die first and then be born again. But Dr. Sachs doesn't know my Jesus. Because what Jesus did was create ex nihilo. And yeah, 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 that's a big Latin word over there. It's a $5 word. If you ask Bishop Trevor, he will tell you what that means. Ex nihilo means God created from nothing. Like he did in Genesis. And so the man was born blind. 
didn't have any neurological nerves, didn't have anything. If you ever seen somebody like that, I mean, they have the curvatures in their eyes, but they got nothing in there. But Jesus had so much power. He said, I'm going to create something out of nothing. And the man said, all I know is I was once blind, but now I see. That's all I know. I don't know if this man is a sinner. I could care less if he's a sinner. But all I know is I was once blind. But now I see. Because we serve a God who will create from nothing. We serve a God who is able to do the impossible. And I said it's a double miracle because you can have your eyes wide shut. Because somebody thought I was going to say wide open. No. You can have your eyes looking, but you can't see. And the scientists say a human being in his situation has no capacity to be corrected like that and receive the flood of the information all at once. What do I mean by that? This man had never seen a green leaf before. This man didn't know what the color green looked like. And so for the first time in his life, his brain was flooded with everything he was seeing for the first time. And yet he was able to do it. Because God did it for him. What I'm trying to say is, you better hang on that man named Jesus. Because one of these days, you can, you, you, he, you, you can just place yourself in, in a position where he's just passing by. And as he's passing by, he will come across where you are. And before you ask him for anything... Because there's nowhere in the Bible it tells us that the blind man asked Jesus for anything. But we serve a God who said, before you call me, I will answer. And while you are yet speaking, I will hear. And so Jesus said, before you even ask me, I already know your situation. I know how long you've been struggling with what you're dealing with. I know how long you have been holding on to hope. They may not know it, but I know it. And so Jesus invited himself into the situation. And he said, I'm going to do something today. And he did it in a way that didn't make any sense to somebody else. Because because he is God all by himself. He could do whatever he wanted to do. And he healed the man. Some of us have been dealing with things in our lives. Maybe other people have even judged us. Because they look at us and they say, there must be something. Why is she like that? Why is he like that? She must be doing something wrong. He must be doing something wrong. Ain't no way that he's faithful to God and he's dealing with stuff like that. But God knows. He knows our struggles. He knows 
our hearts. That's the one thing I love about God. Men look on the outward appearance. Yes, sir. But God looks at the heart. Yes, sir. He knows it. I know people right now who are struggling with nicotine. They're struggling with weed. They are struck. If you go and talk to them, they got alcohol under their breath. But deep in their hearts, they want to overcome that thing. Amen. But we serve a God who knows our hearts. And so Jesus said, I'm going to do it, not because you asked me, but because of who I am. And somebody under the sound of my voice knows this man called Jesus. I got to do it, Sister Lucy, I got to do it. Somebody knows this man named Jesus. He's Adam's redeemer. He's Abel's vindicator. He's he's Abraham's sacrifice. He's Moses' bush on fire. He's Noah's ark. He's Gideon's fleas. He's Joshua's battle axe. That's the man named Jesus. Somebody said he's David's music. He's Solomon's wisdom. Isaiah called him wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting father. The Prince of Peace. Matthew calls him king. Mark calls him suffering servant. Luke calls him the great physician. John said he's the word that was made flesh. In the book of Acts they say he's the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, My wife likes this word right here. He's distinctive and in in supernatural capacity. He's superlative in sovereign majesty. He's exclusive in spiritual beauty. He's radiant in eternal splendor. He's matchless in supernal deity. He's the God of God. He's the prince of princes. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's breathed over your troubled waters. He's bread when you're hungry. He's water when you're thirsty. He's money when you're broke. He's peace when you are confused. He's joy when you're sad. That's my Jesus. If you know him, you give him the praise. If you know him, you give him the glory. If you know him to have done something in your life. Uh, Now let other people sit down. But if you know that he has done some marvelous things. And you know that he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous life. You just give him the praise. You say, Lord, anyway you bless me, Lord. I will be satisfied. I don't care which way the blessing comes. I don't know who he wants to use. But anyway you bless me, Lord. I will be satisfied. So until I see him face to face, I will bless the Lord at all times. He's praise. I say he's praise. I say he's praise. He's praise. Shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear the Lord and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. For the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. 
and his truth in your whole generation. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good. He's good. And he got all power. Don't just shout for what God did 20 years ago. You gotta have some new things to shout. Shout over what God did yesterday. Shout over what God did today. He woke me up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. He's able. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Grand Avenue, God wants to do a new thing. Don't worry about what we have done in the past. That's wonderful. Put some of that in your coin purse, all right, when you need it. But we need, we need to see some new miracle. We need, we need to see God open some eyes. We need to see God do some amazing things. I'm talking about eye-popping, jaw-dropping blessings. And he's able to do it. He just needs people who will be obedient. When he say go and wash, you say, Lord, it may not make sense to me, but I'm going to do it. Because you say Because you said it. I'm going to make an appeal. I've been praying about this all week long. And I'm going to make a special appeal to somebody. Somebody has been waiting for God to give them a breakthrough. But what God has been waiting is for you to surrender yourself. God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. It may not even make sense to somebody else. As you are making your way to the pool of Salom, somebody may laugh at you. Remember the time when you, when, you, when you were divorced and didn't have any money. And now look at what God has done in your life. Think about what, what, what would have happened if you, were, you paid attention to what they were saying back then. Look at where God has brought you right now. You need to have blinders on and just stay focused on Jesus. And whatever God tells you to do, just do it. And then watch God bless you. You will come back like Sister Penny. You will come in here. You will dance for God. You will testify about how good God is. Oh, did I tell you he's the doctor in the sick room? Did I tell you he's a lawyer in the courtroom? That's the God we serve. Maybe somebody watching me online right now, right now, has been waiting for God to do something. And God said, I'm on the verge of doing it. I just need for you to surrender. If you know his will and you've heard his voice, just do what God has told you to do. Because to obey is better than sacrifice. God is waiting for the people who are going to take him 
at his word. Other people may be looking backward to see what's the cause of what you're going through. God is looking forward so that he can make provisions in your life. Not all suffering is caused by sin. But all sin causes suffering. Let me say that because I don't want anyone to, to walk out of here thinking the pastor is excusing sin. No, I'm not. And even if I would excuse it, God does not. So not all suffering is caused by sin, but all sin will cause some suffering. And so the best thing to do is just obey the voice of God. And so my first appeal is for somebody. If, 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 if everything you heard this afternoon, from the time they prayed, that the, the choir was singing, the young people gave us the, the call to worship, and the sermon has touched you. If something moved in your heart to say, I need to surrender my life to God. Yeah. I, I need, you, you saw the Thomases here. They've been baptized before, and they decided to make Grand Avenue their family. My appeal is, even if you've been baptized before, but you say, Pastor, on this June the 24th, 2023, I'm raising up my hand. I want to surrender my life to God one more time. One more time. One more time. If that's you, just raise up your hand. God sees it. I said, Pastor, I just want to commit myself one more time. Hallelujah. One more time. One more time. And then my second appeal is for somebody who may want to be baptized or want to make this church their home. You say, Pastor, I've heard the voice of Jesus saying, go and wash. And I, I see we got a baptismal pool back here. And Pastor, I want to be baptized. I want to be a member of this church because I want God to use me for kingdom building. If that's you, everybody who cares will be praying right now. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I just want to commit myself to Jesus. Let me pray. Let me pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, how we thank you because you are a good God. I know there's somebody under the sound of my voice right now who knows that this is true because they can testify that there was a time when I was in deep I was doing things that I was big enough to do and bad enough to do. And yet God found me. He pulled me. He drew me to himself. He said, my son, I I I love you. My daughter, I need you into my kingdom. Somebody say, God, that's me. And I praise you this afternoon. Oh God, I thank you. We thank you. God, you've seen the hands of those who wanted to recommit themselves. I believe with all my heart, oh God, every time we come into your house, 
we need to recommit ourselves. Because we live in a sick world. A sick world. And we need the covering of Jesus Christ. So Father, I'm praying for everyone who committed themselves to you. I am praying, oh God, that you will seal their commitment in the power of the Holy Spirit. I am praying, oh God, as we leave this place, you will take your glory, but you will leave us with a supernatural blessing. We want to walk with you. We want to hear you talk to us. Because we serve a living Savior. Oh God, I pray for this church, the Grand Avenue Seventh-day Adventist Church. I am praying for my members, oh God, that you will bless them, not only spiritually, but even in their temporal pursuits, oh God. Bless them, supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then, God, I'm praying that we will love one another. We will love one another. Because you say, by this shall all men and women know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. We thank you, O God. We praise you, O God. And Lord, as I'm, just one more prayer request. One more prayer request, oh God. We have an uncle in St. Louis by the name of Uncle Harold. He is in intensive care unit right now. And God, I promise our dear Aunt Sharon that I'm going to ask the church to pray for him. And I'm lifting him up right now, oh God, Uncle Harold. I'm asking you, oh God, to touch him. Touch the family. Touch the doctors, the nurses, the technicians, everyone who is connected to his care. And I pray for anyone else, oh God, who needs healing, that you will heal them. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. Give God the praise, family. Give God the praise. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Thomases will meet us at the door as we leave so that we can shake their hands and, and, and just let them know that we love them so much. Amen. Amen. Remember, there is um, anybody from the hospitality team here right now? Sister Naisha went away. Uh, but there's food prepared. There's food prepared next door. You heard Sister Alice. Next door, Helen Carey Building. And so we're asking for you to join us there and have a fellowship meal. Amen? Amen. Remember tomorrow at what time board meeting? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine to ten is board meeting. Ten to eleven, business meeting. Please come. If you are a member of the board... Definitely be there. If you're not a member of the board, please come to our church business meeting. Amen? Amen. So we can discuss the business of the church. Now, we're going to take our dollar offering, thank you offering really quick. And then we'll pronounce blessings as we leave. Amen.
give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Yes, He is good. And I will pray for the offering at the same time. Amen. Amen. I say this in private, and I'm going to say this in public. We have some of the hardest working leaders in this church. Amen. Amen. I'm going to let him remain anonymous because he's the head deacon. I ain't going to tell you who he is, but we got one of the hardest working men in Hollywood. I mean, in the church, in the church. That's what I was trying to say, in the church. Amen. Amen. We appreciate Head Deacon Norris. Amen. Amen. Let us pray, family. If you have somebody sitting next to you, standing next to you, uh, don't blame me. You chose to sit next to them. Just touch their hands and, 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 and let us pray together. Amen. Amen. You can use the sanitizer after you leave here. <laughs> Touch their hands. Let's pray, Father. Eternal God, our Father. Let me touch the bishops here. They got power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eternal God, our Father, we thank you so much for what you have done in this worship experience. God, I thank you for every visitor who walked in through our doors today. I do not know what they may need in their personal lives. But God, I'm praying as a result of them coming into this place today, giving you first priority in their lives on this Sabbath day. I am praying, oh God, that you will dismiss them with blessings. Some of them will not come today or tomorrow but they will come in the future. I am praying, oh God, that you will bless our visitors. Bless those who are watching and fellowshipping with us online. Give them a blessing equally to the one we got today. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace in your home, peace in your workplace. May he give you laughter. May he dry your tears. Until that day when we shall meet him face to face. Go in peace, my brothers and my sisters. Go in joy. May he be your rest, your peace, and your joy in the morning. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.